0: You are listening to Unified Through Chronic and Mental Illness with your hosts, Angie Roberts and Kimberly Murphy. Please be advised that some of the topics of this podcast can be triggering and sensitive in nature.
1: The National MS Society has estimated that nearly 1 million people over the age of 18 live with the diagnosis of MS in the United States. And 2.3 million worldwide. Today we have with us Kathy Reagan Young, founder of Patients Getting Paid. She also has a website dedicated to MS, plus a podcast at fumsnow.com. She runs an MS support group on Facebook. She has written many articles, blogs, and co-wrote a book. You wear many hats, Kathy. Did I miss anything?
2: (laughs) I don't think so, but maybe as we talk, I'll remember more. (laughs) So, Kathy,
0: what was life like leading up to your diagnosis, and what is it like to have MS?
2: Looking back, I recognize that I had some symptoms in my very early 20s, like right out of college. But I didn't, I mean... You know, you're young, you're in your 20s, you're making excuses for any weirdness. So um, I didn't really put two and two together until I was, in fact, diagnosed. And that happened because one morning I got up, uh, I was 43. I had these two little kids, four and six-year-old daughters. And I was so exhausted, but I just chalked it up to, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom with two kids. That's exhausting. Right. And this was a different kind of tire though, but I was just wiped out and there was something funky with my vision. Like that's literally how I described it. I couldn't tell you what it was, but something wasn't exactly right. And in time, like three days, my vision doubled. I thought I had the flu. I got super lucky because I was doing some marketing at the time for an ophthalmologist and I called him to say, hey, you know that project you wanted me to work on? I really can't. I think I'm coming down with the flu. I'm just feeling achy and crappy and fatiguey. And um, now my, my sight's doubling. And he said, like, whoa. You come in and meet me at my office tomorrow morning at 7. I mean, literally, I thought Uh it was the flu until I heard that. And I thought, that's not good. Right? No, not good at all. Right. No. And up to this point, I felt just fine other than, you know, like I said, tired. But I'm a mom with little kids. So I went in and he did a real thorough exam. And he said, well... I can tell you what the deal is with your eyes, but it's not an answer. You have 6th nerve palsy, but that is not an answer. That's a symptom of something else. You need an MRI. And, you know, I have my suspicions, but you just go get this MRI. And thankfully, uh, he and his wife were both good friends of mine and they were both doctors and they ushered me through this this whole process, got me in to see a neurologist right away, got an MRI right away. I had a diagnosis in about I don't know, three or four weeks, which is really, I I think that's not unusual now, but that was 12, almost 13 years ago. And it was many, many people have these horror stories of it taking years to get diagnosed because MS affects your central nervous system. It's a, they call it a snowflake disease because there, no two MS patients have the exact same scenarios or the same symptoms. There are some similarities. There are some threads of commonality, their fatigue is very common, Um, uh, visual issues, optic neuritis, a lot of pain, um, weakness, twitching. What type of pain? Oh my God. It can be searing, horribly hot, horrible, horrible pain. It can be stabbing pain. It can be aching pain. And the thing with MS is there is no Rhyme or reason. I mean, you can sometimes point to, you know, stress for sure brings it on to everybody. But there are other times where you're feeling just fine one minute and literally the next minute you are doubled over. It just, it's very fickle. And I've also found it to be a very jealous disease. So if my attention is elsewhere, like for instance, if I have a cold or something else going on or stress, it's going to let you know that it's not appreciating you paying attention to anything (laughs) other than it and it will get your attention. So I think a lot of chronic diseases do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I can really identify with that. I have fibromyalgia and it's like, you know, all the, they say, well, okay, what kind, how, what kind of pain is it? And you're like, yeah, all those that you just <laughs> <Yes>. mentioned. <laughs> I'll it's choose like, E, all of the above. They don't discriminate. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they don't discriminate.
0: No. Um, Kathy, before you continue, I'm just curious, what on the MRI showed them right away that you had an MS?
2: Well, so MS is a uh, diagnosis of exclusion and an MRI is just one of the things that they use, um, but they find lesions on your brain and on your spine. I shouldn't say and. It can they can be anywhere, but those are the areas that they will be if they exist. They also do a lumbar puncture, they do a lot of blood tests, they do a lot of anecdotal history, um, and they try and stitch it together and they, you know, they exclude a lot of things. Well, it's not lupus. Well, it's not ALS. You know, it's not. I have lupus and it Mm. was one of those things
0: where there's no definitive test. Right, right. So it's a process of elimination. Is that the same?
2: It is. It really is, which I can't even believe at this late date that we can't figure this out. It's kind of crazy, but yeah. So that's kind of your first test (laughs) is trying to get diagnosed. And then there are There are different types of MS. So there's what's called CIS, which is clinically isolated syndrome, which very few people have. And that tends to be kind of a one and done where you have a major, what they call a flare, and you're diagnosed on that, and you may or may not have anything again. But of course, you're on pins and needles thinking, oh my God, you know, I have MS, I got the diagnosis, when's it coming back? And then there's the most common type is RRMS, which is relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis, which is what I have. 85% of people um, progress from RRMS, usually within about 15 years or so after diagnosis, to secondary progressive MS, SPMS. There's CIS, RRMS, SPMS, and then the final is uh, primary progressive MS, which is, it's not a relapsing remitting. It is a constant and steady decline. So it is the most serious type. Um, I have RRMS. I was diagnosed in 2008, Um, but I can trace my symptoms back to about 1987. So. Oh wow. Yeah, so I'm doing very well given the time frame that we're talking about and I that is my plan to continue. <laughs> so does physical therapy
0: or diet or anything like that make it make a difference in how you feel?
2: Yes, absolutely in the way I feel yes, but in terms of there are absolutely ongoing studies. There is a lot more anecdotal evidence than there are clinical studies to point to on these things, but Certainly, um, I talk to an awful lot of people all the time, and definitively, diet helps a lot of people, not everyone, but tends to be get rid of the sugar, get rid of the carbs and the junk. You know, does that sound familiar? I mean, truly, if we would Absolutely. all eat like that, yes. <laughs> right? so- that is actually the lupus diet. And when I started doing it,
0: and it's sort of like a keto diet loosely. Yeah. um, You know, take out red meat and no carbs, no processed food. And it really does make a difference. I think that a lot of autoimmune diseases follow the same diet or should.
2: I agree, but I would go even further to say anybody would benefit from it. Like, everyone should be eating better. (laughs) Absolutely. And we have shitty diets in the American diet, for sure. So I think everyone would benefit, but You tend to get more serious about those things when you get a diagnosis. And I do see those kinds of things making a difference for sure. And being, oh, smarter about um, caffeine usage, alcohol usage, you know, no smoking, all those things that we know are good for us. I just think it's more in a concentrated effort when you know that you've got a diagnosis. Right.
0: Because you're trying to keep those inflammation levels down. Exactly. As a whole.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I always say that MS is just life like magnified. Mm -hmm. Right. I I should have been doing this all along, but I'm doing it now. So um, yes. And exercise, just keeping moving, really, really important.
1: I agree with that, with my illness too.
2: Yeah. Meditation, dialing down the stress. Stress is the absolute worst thing. I mean, again – life magnified. All of these things can be true for every single person, but it's life magnified. So all of those things can really, I think, make a difference. Gra- you know, Using the right s- supplements, um, different supplements help different people. Medical marijuana is very helpful to a lot of people. We just, our last episode,
0: talked to a woman who uh, used cannabis oil to help with her cancer. So, yeah. Um, I, I, but I'm seeing it used in many different diseases uh, or chronic illnesses. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. And I can tell you from personal experience with CBD oil, it, I have had pain that literally nothing, even the uh, strongest pain medications would touch that CBD took care of. And it helps with anxiety and sleep as well. And I've heard from so many people that are using it that they get really great success rates with it. So that's amazing. Yeah. So I'm grateful that we're at a point in this country where, you know, some of these things are available, more available in some areas than others, but right. Right. Yeah. But I think they're really important to be able to have in your arsenal.
0: Okay. So shifting gears, I've heard a lot about the MS hug as being (laughs) one of the ways to diagnose that it might be MS. So what exactly is the MS hug?
2: Yeah, that's so poorly named because a hug is something nice, and this is not anything nice. It is around your ribcage and it is a squeezing and an inability to feel like you can really get it in a deep breath. And it, it feels like it can feel like someone's kind of sitting on you. It's very pressure filled. Some people get real sharp jabbing pains with it. Um, different people describe it differently, but typically it is around that ribcage area and it's. Extremely uncomfortable, and it can last anywhere from a couple minutes to a couple hours. So, oh wow! Um, But that too, I've heard an awful lot of people have success with CBD oil and with medical marijuana. So, you know, there's something there for sure. <laughs> but that's not a that's not a good symptom to have. No, right? No, I would think we would be
0: like, am I having a heart attack? Yes. Like what's, what's going on right now? Absolutely. You know, because they tell you it's supposed to feel like an elephant sitting on your chest. So I assume exactly. That,
2: yeah. Yeah, it does. And um, trigeminal neuralgia is something else that you can get, which is beyond painful. And that is in your jawbone and your whole face can feel inflamed. And that is really difficult to get relief from. I am confident that I'm forgetting some things. There are so many, (laughs) there are so many different things that this thing can encapsulate. So it's fun. (laughs) <laughs> it's just a good time wow. to have MS. <laughs> I, also,
0: yeah. I also heard, though, with MS that um, heat is an issue. So yes. they sell things like cooling vests and things like that. So yeah. can you explain to us like what the issue is with heat and why the cooling vests
2: work for people? Sure. Um, so, yeah, when I was diagnosed, my doctor told me don't even take a hot shower because People with MS typically have an issue overheating. And well, I can speak for myself. It's not so much in the moment for me. It's very hot and humid in Southern Virginia in the summers. And I'm not comfortable out in the heat and humidity. But it's when I come in, I cannot cool down. And it's because your core cannot cool down. It's like um, a wire is not hooked up correctly to your thermostat. So, um, and it's tough and it can take a long time to cool down. And then it's like, everything goes haywire from there. So all of your, it just, your MS gets very pissed off and whatever your types of symptoms are that are typical to you, chances are you're going to be feeling all of them at once. So oh, wow. you invest in cooling vests and, you know, cooling wraps around your neck and around my wrists and over my head and I try and stay out of that heat and humidity as much as possible because it it is awful and it takes a long time to cool down. But I will say that's the best known of the temperature sensitivities, but there are an awful lot of people with MS who are equally as sensitive to the cold. I just think that our thermometers are jacked up (laughs) one way or the other. I have that thermometer issue
0: do you? on my own. I do. Mm. I do. I do. And the problem is is that so many of these autoimmune diseases that don't have definitive tests, yeah. they can mimic each other.
2: They do. So, yeah. I was
0: diagnosed with lupus and um but I I can relate to so many things that you're saying. So that's very interesting.
2: Well, and interestingly, when I was gosh, this was a long I think maybe I had my oldest daughter who's now 19. And I found this after both pregnancies. So typically women feel good. Women with MS feel good during pregnancy, which is really interesting. So they're doing a lot of studies around estrogen to find out why do you feel so good during pregnancy? And then you have this drop off when you have the baby. And oftentimes, you know, it kind of goes unnoticed because like in my case, I was going, oh yeah, I'm so tired and everything hurts. Well, you're a brand new mom. That's what you're supposed to feel like, you know? Right, right. Yeah, they kind of overlook it, yeah. They do overlook it, yeah. So there's a lot of things like that that are kind of, when you look back, I always like to, when I meet people with MS, I always say, okay, when were you diagnosed? But when, when you look back, you know, when did you start having symptoms? Because when you take a minute and start noticing things um, you know, I had the bottoms of my feet would go numb off and on. And I used to say you could stab my right thigh with a knife and I never would feel it. It was just that mm-hmm. like dead. But no. I was young. I just thought I went to college up in Minnesota. I thought I had gotten frostbitten somehow. And like, that's so dumb. That doesn't come and go. <laughs> right. <laughs> but- <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, but
0: well, you have no idea what's going I have on. No so no idea. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are all these kind of funky things that can come up um, and, as you say, mimic things. And what I started to say to you is after I had my oldest daughter is when I had kind of this drop off and I just felt so awful and I saw lots of doctors and somebody finally did some, I don't know, antibody test and came back and said, I don't think this is accurate, but you've tested positive for lupus. Oh, wow. My memory is that she just left it at that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, all these years later I got diagnosed and I think that whatever test it was that she did was pointing to autoimmune. Um, And she may have just read it as lupus, but I'm confident I've had it for much, much longer than as long as I've been diagnosed for sure.
0: So we are so excited to hear about your new project, Patients Getting Paid. What can you tell us about it?
2: So to explain Patients Getting Paid, I need to go back to the origin of FUMS. So when I was diagnosed in 2008, I needed a couple of years to kind of figure out that life was going to continue on. Um, and then uh, I, I really was dedicated to providing a soft place to land for people with MS, particularly newly diagnosed, because there was no such thing when I was waiting for my diagnosis and then newly diagnosed. It was all scary, horrible things. So I started FUMS for that reason and that reason only. I wanted to provide information, inspiration, and motivation and let people know there's lots of life after a diagnosis and it can be a good one. But it really helps if you have an attitude and if you picture... MS like a monster, like I do, and you speak to it like it deserves and say, F you MS every day. And just, you, it's empowering. Right? you feel it when, is. You get a, when you get a diagnosis, you feel like so much has been taken from you and, and it's being done unto you and your body's betraying you. And, you know, this is just a nice way to take back some power and speak to it and say, F you MS. So that was the whole notion behind that. And that was in 2011. 2015 I started the podcast because I was such a huge fan of podcasts and I was such a fan girl. <laughs> I felt like I knew all these people that I would listen to. They felt like my friends because they were they were in my ear, you know, they would go for a walk with me or they'd ride in my car with me and I thought I want to have that kind of an intimate relationship with my community. So I started this podcast and I interview experts and I interview other patients and just, again, back to the information, inspiration and motivation, just wanted to give people that. That was my entire goal. When I was diagnosed, my neurologist said, I am glad you're a stay-at-home mom. Don't ever go back to work. Stress is horrible for this. You need to de-stress. And I thought... Spoken like a guy who has never stayed home with kids because is there anything more stressful? (laughs) No, there is not. (laughs) I mean, work is dialing down my stress. Being here, exactly, super stressful. But um, telling me I can't do something is like telling, it's like daring me. So Mm -hmm. as soon as my youngest went to full-time school, I went back to work. And I loved it. And I was doing marketing for a physical therapy company, which meant I was driving to doctor's offices all day long and meeting with doctors and meeting with patients. And I just loved it. And then I had a big fat relapse to the point where I could not tell the difference between the gas pedal and the brake pedal or which side of the road I should be on. But I had my shit together enough to know... This is not right, and I need to pull over and call my husband, and he needs to come get me, and I am now done working. I came home, which was absolutely the right thing to do for myself and mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of society, right? But I always say this, my my paychecks quit coming, but my bills didn't. So I needed to figure out, and I didn't qualify for disability because I had taken this long break off of work to stay home with kids, and so, oh, no, yeah, it's all based on, you know, the last, I don't know, five years or so of your work life. Well, I took eight years right, off to raise credits. babies. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, yeah. I'm in the same situation. Oh, it is ridiculous. I'd like to say to the world, you're welcome for us being there and raising these wonderful, productive human beings for the rest of you. Right? <laughs> there's no reason we should be. Why are we being penalized for that? But whatever. Let me Climb off my soapbox now. But so I um, had no idea what to do. I just knew I needed to figure out what I could do from home, take care of myself, and make some money. And I knew I had this asset that I'd been working on F U M S, but how do I make money from that? So I got online. I took all kinds of courses on how to uh, monetize a blog site, you know, and how to monetize a podcast and how to do affiliate marketing. Most of which, quite honestly, were complete and utter waste of time and money. There are so many scammers out there; it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is awful. Um, so i I spent a lot of time and energy and money, and eventually, though, I did put together enough knowledge to figure out how to do it. And um, and I also found this. I'm using my air quotes: patient advocacy industry that I did not know existed. That isn't well promoted. And it's things like writing for WebMD or Healthline or any number of other online health information companies that are looking for POVs, point of view from people with all these different types of
0: diseases. Oh, wow.
2: Right. Right. Wow, That's That's great. Exactly. I overheard two advocates talking about it on a bus one time. And so, between that and um, a vice president from Healthline had heard my podcast. So I always tell everybody, like, get stuff out there because people will find you, but they can't find you if there's nothing out there. Right. Between those two situations, I was able to start putting things together. So I, you know, really kickstarted my online business with FUMS. And I started working with these companies Healthline, um, Everyday Health, um, WebMD, um, uh, Health Union, MultipleSclerosis.net. And kind of as I grew with each one, then another one would find me. And this is where you were doing your articles, correct? I was doing articles. And then I did the folks from. Uh, Healthline first approached me to help them with a podcast. They had never done a podcast before, and they found me on my podcast. So I did six episodes for them. And oh, then, great! And they were starting this new app for MS, MS Healthline. Then they decided they wanted a guide for that app, so they asked me if I would do that. I mean, I just said y- yes to everything. So, Amazing opportunities! Oh my yeah, gosh, one right after the other. But again, it's because I was out there and people found me. It wasn't, you know, I didn't know to look because I didn't even know that existed. So, and then um, somebody in their content department saw that I had been, they read my blog posts. They liked my writing. So they asked me to write some articles. And then someone in their social department saw and asked. And so I have communities on Facebook and asked if I would be the admin for the Living... Um, living with MS Facebook page for them. That's amazing. So, Great. yeah, one right after the other. And then Health Union asked if I would do some videos. And, and then I was asked to be on advisory boards. And it just, it was just sort of the more I was out there, the more I was out there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. Right. And I still had FUMS going. Well, at one point, about two years ago, all of a sudden I realized I am now making more money. Working for myself, taking care of myself, not having to ask any time off for doctor's appointments, not having to take any time off when I'm not feeling well, because I can work from bed, mm-hmm. than I was when I was working full time. And wow. I'm a believer in if you know something that can help someone else, it is absolutely your obligation to share it. So that's what started me down the path of figuring out how to do patients getting paid, which was just the kernel of the idea is just to share with people with chronic illness that there are opportunities out there and to give resources to help steer them away from like the mistakes I made and and the scammers and point them in the right direction for legit online recruiters, for instance, and legit training for online business and how to start a podcast and all those kinds of things. And share my experience with patient advocacy and all the resources that go along with that and like how to get into that. So that's the impetus behind this whole thing. It's had several iterations. I absolutely was positive I was starting a membership site. I even had the launch date, which was going to be 10-10-2020 because of the marketer in me. I loved the sound of that. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right. But literally two days after I decided on that launch date, I got hit with a huge MS relapse. And I think that the I had a lot of stress going into that and then the stress of knowing, hey, I set a date. Now I really have to do this. And it just knocked me back on my heels. And it made me realize that that business model is not going to work for my disease. Because what I was planning on doing was starting a membership site where I'd have kind of a y'all come forum and we'll talk about lots of different things and I'll be in there a lot and you can ask me any questions and there will be four deliverables every month, you know, two office hours for me, two interviews, one with an expert in the field, one with um, a patient who has, is getting paid. All of these things I was promising and there I was, you know, laying flat on my back thinking I can't, I can't promise that. Like I can't, so I am in process now. I'm just coming out of that relapse and I'm thinking, okay, I know I, that can't be the model, but I need to get this information out to everyone right? and I want to help as many people as I possibly can. So like, what does that look like? How can I do that, help the most number of people without harming myself It's basically what it's coming right. down and to. That's what it is, yeah. you're made to feel like you have no power in this chronic world, that if you can find ways to take back some power, you can feel strength that you didn't even know you had. Even at the depth of your illness, even at your most tired lack of energy laying in bed, there's still like hope on the horizon because you know there, there's something you can do. It's not all taken from you. I don't know what my business model is going to be coming out of this, but my hope is that there will be some component of coaching involved because I have found that I just love working with these people. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to be any kind of good at it or enjoy it, and I am far too old to do anything I don't enjoy anymore. (laughs) So I I put it out to the FUMS community that I was going to give away – um, f- let's see three no five free hour long coaching sessions to five different people and people lined up and I chose them and I did this with five different people and it was phenomenal I loved every second of it and you know we got a lot of great success for every one of them and it was just oh gosh talk about empowering it was so great it was so great
1: Kathy, what advice do you have for people with MS?
2: Well, a couple different pieces. I would start with the newbies, the newly diagnosed. And my advice to them always is first, breathe. It is likely not going to be nearly as bad as you're thinking it's going to be right now. You're scared. You're in the midst of shock and awe. And we've all been there. And um, it is a small percentage that is as bad as you are now projecting out that you will be. The much greater likelihood is that you are probably relapsing, remitting, and you're going to be okay. So um, that's for the newbies. And, And if you have to have MS, it's never been a better time to have it because, gosh, just 12 years ago when I was diagnosed there were only three medications. Now there's 22, 23, and there's so much research going on. There is great hope. There is, I have great hope. People, um, I hear this all the time in the MS community, that they hear, but you look so good, or something to that effect, where you look great. You don't even look like you have MS. I wouldn't know that you have MS. So, A lot of people get really insulted by that. And I hear this in other, uh, you know, invisible disease states as well. And I just want to remind everybody that intention is everything. And if you truly believe that the person that's saying that to you has ill intent, get the hell out of there. If you truly believe someone is that much of an asshole, leave. Like you have every permission, every reason, every right, get out. But I'm going to guess about nine times out of 10, at least, that is not their intention. When someone says you look good or you don't look like you have MS, it's because, or whatever, whatever you are suffering from, it's undoubtedly, on their part, an attempt to make you feel good, to give you a true compliment. And also, think back to before you were diagnosed. What did you know about this disease? I knew nothing about MS. So, I would have I thought you do look good for MS. Like in my head, I would have thought you'd be in bed writhing with pain or something. I didn't know. So, it truly, I believe, more times than not, is meant as a compliment, as an, a nicety, as an uplifting comment to get, gift you with. So, it's all in how we decide to take it. If you really just take a second and examine intent. And I think this is true across the board. We're in such a divisive time right now. And there is some intention to be divisive. But in this kind of circumstance, I believe most people mean well and their intention is to truly give you a compliment. So take it, hells to the yes. Somebody tells me I look good, I'm like, thank you.
0: So, Kathy, can you tell our listeners where they can find all of your projects?
2: F-U-M-S, you can find the blog and the podcast at FUMSnow.com. And by the way, I really wanted FUMS.com, but that was already taken by – wait a minute, I always get strong – First United Methodist – school in Kissimmee, Florida. No way. Yeah. And so I offered to buy that URL and they said, no, no, we've had a long time. We really like it. And I said, okay, you're probably going to get some weird emails, but okay. Yeah. So I named it fumsnow.com, and that's the blog. I have some merch so you could be wearing the sweatshirt that says FUMS, show your attitude a little bit. The blog, the podcast is there and I also, I have an ebook there uh, for sale right on the homepage um, that I co-wrote with my best friend who happens to be a pelvic floor physical therapist. And with MS, bowel and bladder issues are, uh, are a major issue. And I kept getting questions about this. And I, I'm so grateful that is, I don't have any of those issues. I didn't have any answers. I'd go and ask my friend and then I'd go back to the, you know, this onesie-twosie thing. And I thought, this is not the way to do this. So I asked her if she would write an ebook for FEMS. And she said, I'll write it with you.
0: <laughs>
2: and I thought, well, I have nothing to, I have nothing to contribute. And she said, well, actually, you know, this is a really tough subject to deal with. And you're pretty funny and you're absolutely a smart ass. So why don't you do that? So she wrote the smart thinky part and I wrote the smart assy part. And we even use different color fonts. And it's obvious. It's obvious that you, I'm you, she's smart right, and I'm right. a smart ass. So yeah, it's really obvious. But that's on the homepage. And that's called um, Bowel and Bladder Issues in Multiple Sclerosis by Two pea Brains with Potty Mouths Talking <laughs> Shit About MS. So that's there. Also at FUMSNow.com. And all of my social is either FUMS or FUMSNow. Patients getting paid, as I said, haven't launched yet. Getting my ducks in a row, hopefully soon, but you can get on the waiting list. And that's at patientsgettingpaid.com forward slash list. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. And there's a Facebook page for Patients Getting Paid, too. Oh, great. So come and join us.
1: Yeah. All right. So we know you have a way of wrapping up your podcast. (laughs) So... Can you lead us in doing that now? Because we'd love to do it with you.
2: Oh, great. Okay, fun. Okay, so we here in the FUMS Nation speak to this stupid disease as it deserves. With middle finger extended, if you'll join me, please, at the count of three, we're going to salute it like it deserves. Mm -hmm. Ready, ladies? Ready. One, two, three. F-U-M-S. Yay. That was great. That was
0: great. You're old pros. I
1: like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kathy is great. What a what an intelligent woman, and she is so helpful to other people. It's just so wonderful to have such a spirit like her on the show.
0: I know. She's really funny because, well, she's funny. She has a great sense of humor. She's also extremely sassy. She doesn't care, like, what anybody thinks about how she, (laughs) (laughs) like, the whole F-U-M-S is just amazing and it's great. But she takes a very serious situation and uh, turns it around and helps other people and does it in a fun way. So I really love that about her. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, I like that, too, because... We need more of that now instead of more seriousness. I Mm -hmm. mean, we can make serious situations funny. We can have some comedy with it.
0: Have a little fun, exactly.
1: Our mantra for this episode is, one day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through, and it will be someone else's survival guide.
0: That is, like, so perfect for this episode. I just love that quote so much.
1: Yeah, I think this was really an uh, inspirational episode. She's, I, I love the way that she talks about everything.
0: We really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got a lot out of it. We certainly did. And we want you to remember that you are not alone. We are stronger together.
1: That's right, guys. I have a great day.
0: Unified through chronic and mental illness can be found at anchor.fm slash unified. There you can find all social media links as well as other ways to listen.